0: All right, I was ready for a little drive-home edition of the Evan Roberts podcast. Let me put my phone down. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets defeated the Toronto Raptors in overtime, an insane game, a game that was drunk, a game that was crazy, a game that was surreal from the beginning, obviously because of the COVID outbreak. They're without Paul Millsap. We knew that yesterday. Okay, one guy's down. Hopefully there isn't a spread. Then we find out about Javon Carter. Most net fans celebrate that. No offense to Javon. We hope he's okay. Okay. But that fan's are not upset he isn't playing. Marcus Aldridge, key guy. DeAndre Bembry, key guy. James Johnson, key guy. Um, We get the late news about Harden and Bruce Brown. I got it from McPherson as I was leaving the studio with Craig on my way to Brooklyn. It was a stunner when Keith told me that. But I guess it shouldn't be a stunner because this is going on in sports all over the place right now. I mean, we got COVID outbreaks all over. But for me personally... I drive after our show, 6.30, and I head over to Barclays Center. When we were off there at 7 o'clock, I would actually game plan. I would come early. I would park my car, and then I would take the train over. But getting off at 6.30, I figured, you know what? I got enough time to drive over. I had a nightmare getting here. And for anyone who listens to me, one of my weird pet peeves, and it is weird, I acknowledge that, is that walking into a game late, like, kills me. It just, it crushes my soul when I walk into a game late. And because I hit a monster amount of traffic, because I effed up trying to park, I was distracted, talking to my wife, breaking down, you know, my son's day at school. I'm not blaming her. It was my fault. I couldn't find the spot. I turn around. I have to get back on Flatbush Avenue because Flatbush becomes legal at 7 o'clock at night. Like You can park there right at 7. But now it's 7.40. So I finally parked the car, I sprinted over to the arena, and I walked in with six minutes to go in the first quarter. I think it was 1918 Toronto, something like that. So it wasn't – look, it's not the end of the world. And I understand, especially in the NBA, you know, what did I really miss? Well, what I really missed is getting to see uh, Kessler Edwards for the first time and Dayron Sharp and the new look G League Brooklyn Nets. But what was funny is I was surprised initially – that the Nets cleared Kevin Durant to play this game because I think we were all under the understanding that if Kevin Durant was ruled out with an ankle issue, whether it's minor, major, extra cautious, whatever it was, the Brooklyn Nets were not going to have enough people to dress tonight. And so the Nets had an easy way out to have this game postponed. It wouldn't have been them forfeiting the game. It would have been a legitimate NBA postponement. That's at least my understanding on the amount of guys you need to have dressed. Because they ended up dressing eight guys tonight. If Kevin Durant is ruled out with what's a legitimate injury, I mean, he was questionable. I don't think that was all made up. They would have had seven guys. They wouldn't have been able to dress, and the Nets would have been able to get away with this game being postponed and who knows about Thursday and the rest of this homestand. I was at first surprised that the Nets, who should be extra cautious with KD for obvious reasons, decided, yeah, no, he's good to go. Yeah, we'll play. And also, knowing anybody who's watched this team, Kevin Durant's going to play big minutes. I mean, we haven't seen Steve Nash show any ability or inclination to ease Kevin Durant in and out of games. I mean, he plays the first quarter of every single game. He gets a, a four- or five-minute break early in the third, second quarter. He comes back. He plays the entire third quarter. Boy, this son of a bitch would not let me change lanes. He knows I have to. He knows there's an ambulance that's, you know, got the the double blinkers on. I should read his license plate on the podcast. Now, what's that going to do? Anyway, I drove away, but he's a real jackass. I mean, it would have been interesting if I got rear-ended, like how that would have sounded on a podcast, hearing uh, this jackass rear-end me on Flatbush, but whatever. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, so Nash has shown no ability to ease Kevin Durant in and out of games. He plays in big minutes, and we'll get into how he handled him tonight. So, you know that if you rule him into play tonight, he's not only going to play, but he's going to play a minimum. And I'm saying minimum of 37 minutes because that's the way Steve Nash has kind of used him. And without James Harden and being real short on guys, you knew it was only going to be exacerbated tonight. So, I I drove over thinking, boy, there's a chance they're going to can this game. Like, there's a chance it's not going to happen. But, okay, Kevin Durant's a gamer. I think that's one thing everybody should respect about him, whether we got Nick fans listening to the podcast, all bitter that their team sucks, or whomever. Say what you want about KD. burner accounts this. The guy is an absolute gamer. It's why it was such a misnomer last year that he didn't want to play when he sat back-to-backs. He sat back-to-backs because he was coming off an Achilles injury, okay, not because he doesn't want to play. So Kevin Durant wants to play, and I- I'm sure that's how it went. He basically said, I'm good to go. We're playing. Other than that, like I went into this game thinking, all right, this is a great opportunity for David Duke, who's going to get more minutes. There's a great opportunity to see Kessler Edwards, who we've barely seen besides garbage time occasionally, to see Deron Sharp, Blake Griffin with a chance to get back in the rotation. Fine. Like if they lost this game, whatever. I mean, a lot of teams are going to be affected by losing guys to COVID. So you can't look at this game and say it's the, oh my God, they're losing this game. They may have a two or three game losing streak, whatever the greater good that can come out of it, and I thought this happened in the Rocket game, is you're getting guys minutes who normally wouldn't play. And you're getting a look at these guys, and you're giving them, especially in tonight's case, crunch time minutes. So I wasn't upset that they were playing the game. I was just nervous about Durant because he is everything to this franchise. He is the franchise on every level. You know, last year when they clicked without him, and Harden and Irving were flying, and they were winning a ton of games, maybe there was a moment where you said, wow, they're really good without him. That moment's gone. That moment's gone because Kyrie Irving isn't walking through that door, and that moment's gone because James Harden's not the same James Harden. So they need Kevin Durant on every level if they want to, forget be a championship team, want to even be a good team. Okay? That's the reality. So I was more nervous, is it a good idea to play this guy if he's got a sore ankle – and you know he's going to end up playing big minutes. And my God, did he play big minutes tonight. And, and I know after a win like that, where Kessler Edwards gets a double-double and is hitting a bunch of big threes, where David Duke is grabbing 13 rebounds, including the biggest one of the night after the Durant miss with 10 seconds to go, and then getting to the free throw line and hitting his shots. I know I shouldn't bitch about KD's minutes, <laughs> so I'll wait a few more uh, I'll wait a little bit later on in my car drive home to complain about it. I'll wax poetic about first half Nicholas Claxton by the hustle that Blake Griffin brings to the floor. Because he does that grit and that energy that Blake brings to the floor, including gaining a little bit of confidence by hitting a three or two in this game. And then obviously the kids. I mean, De'Ron Sharp at times felt like a man amongst boys, grabbing rebounds, pulling guys in the paint. Uh, Kessler Edwards, like I mentioned, was awesome. David Duke may not have much of a shot nor the confidence to take one, but David Duke brings a lot of things to this team. He was great on the glass. He defended. Uh, These kids, you know, outside of Cam Thomas, who was mostly quiet, they rose to the occasion. And they rose to the occasion against a quality opponent, not, you know, some dregs of the league. Not that the Raptors are title contenders, but you're not facing the dregs here. So what we saw from the kids was awesome. I mean, the idea that at one point, for a lot of points during this game, there were four rookies on the floor at one time. Could anyone have imagined the Nets playing a game, a close game, not garbage time, a close game, in the second quarter or the third quarter where you've got four rookies on the floor at the same time between Edwards and Thomas and De'Ron Sharp and Duke? I mean, it really is incredible when you think about it. So look, it, it was it was a tremendous victory, especially with how bad that third quarter was, where they couldn't defend anything. The Raptors started hitting their shots. They had v- too many just uncontested, easy buckets. But they bounced back from it, and you know I'm sitting there with Biseglia, who normally does the podcast with me. We went to this game, um, and we're both saying down 11, late third quarter. Do you give Durant a few minutes early fourth quarter? Because that's usually his break time. Do you kind of tell the kids, all right, we're going to challenge you? We're going to challenge you to keep this game close. And if you don't keep this game close, all right, Durant doesn't play the fourth quarter. And if you do, we'll go back to KD at the eight-minute mark, the seven-minute mark, whatever you decide. And Steve Nash, because Kevin Durant is his drug, and I understand why, I get it, lets him begin the fourth quarter play every minute of the fourth quarter now you're in overtime and you're stuck and by the way how lucky were they be were they to be in overtime on a broken possession and really over the last two minutes their offense had absolutely no flow of, the, of regulation and patty mills drills a three and of course patty was awesome in this game i'd be remiss to not give him major kudos for what he did tonight get a ton of big threes in this game he was a leader on the floor especially with the kids he defended and on a broken play hit the game tying three before Van Fleet missed the buzzer beater and boom, we're in overtime. But now you're in overtime and you've got to play Kevin Durant the full five. So you've now committed by playing Durant the entire third quarter, the entire fourth quarter, you played Kevin Durant 29 minutes in just the second half and overtime. And look, I, I get it. I understand it. Nash made a comment a few weeks ago. We can play Durant less. We'll lose a lot more. And on a night like tonight, I get it. He's right. My critique is, obviously, yeah, he's going to play overtime. Yeah, you may have been able to sneak a, a couple of minutes in the fourth quarter. But where I would try to give Durant his breaks is early in the game. Like, if you're going to play him the entire third quarter, and then, depending on where the game is, you may play him the entire fourth quarter, and if there's overtime, play him then. Shouldn't you not play him the entire first quarter? Shouldn't you try to find moments where you give him a few minutes to breathe? And remember this. When they didn't have Durant on the floor, and it was only for, what, a five-minute period early in the second quarter? That was the only time this game in which they played without KD. They did well. They did well. And you know what's funny about that? So they sit the rant to start the second. And, I, and I'm trying to remember who the five guys were on the floor. It may have been all the rookies and Patty Mills. In fact, I think that's what it was. It may have been Mills, Thomas, Duke, Edwards, and Sharp. I think that's what it was. And they played well. And they increased their lead. And my thought is... Obviously, I'm going back to Durant at some point. I know I can't keep this up, but let me steal a few more minutes out of this group. Let me see if I can get a few more minutes of KD sitting. And look, the reason I bring this up, the reason I complain about it is because I remember back last May, when Durant was playing 48 minutes in postseason games, we all agreed, this is why you sit him in December. This is why on a random Tuesday night against the Raptors, you play Kevin Durant 30 minutes instead of 45 minutes or in tonight's case 49 minutes or whatever it turned out to be so look i'm not raining on the parade this was a great win this was a fun win just keep racking up the w's i love it and i don't know how long they're going to be shorthanded it may be a while maybe they'll start to get guys back you know i guess if you test negative a couple of days in a row you can get these guys back so if you can get you know, I'm not even talking just about James Harden, but if you can get Bembry back and you can get Bruce Brown back and you can get um, James Johnson, who's been great, back. Everybody but Javon Carter. I'm just kidding. Look, you can win games. And you could also explore the youth you have on this roster. But I, I got to tell you, I'm uncomfortable with Durant playing 45 minutes a night. And I know he says, ah, no big deal. I love to hoop. Kevin, I love that you love to hoop. I love that you love this sport and you love this team and you love your teammates and you feel a commitment and a challenge to playing. I think it's awesome. It's why Kevin Durant, for all of us, no matter how this thing ends, is going to be like our hero. Like, we're going to look back at Kevin Durant, even if we don't win an NBA championship, and say that guy was the mother-effing man because he is, because he's an all-time great who just wants to hoop. But we got to be smart. You know, I don't know if you sit him in the Philly game. We'll see who comes back, who doesn't come back. Maybe they'll postpone the game. Who the hell knows? But we got to be smarter. The back-to-back this weekend against uh, Orlando and then Denver, we got to be smarter. And if Steve Nash can't control the fact that he wants to play Durant 48 minutes, then you got to take the power from him like they did in the Houston game and just not play Kevin Durant. But it was a great game. The crowd was awesome. Uh, A lot of energy in the second half. uh, A lot of energy in the building. And look, man, we just keep racking up victories, and that's all you could ask. Now, real quick on Kyrie, I don't want to spend that much time on it. I I just don't think there's anything there. And what I mean by that is I know Shams will come out with a story, and, you know, Scoop will come out with a story – And Kyrie will have an Instagram picture. And we're all just sniffing around everything we see. And the trade rumors. Ooh, Dallas offered Porzingis. I just don't think there's anything there. You know, I don't think Kyrie Irving is getting the vax anytime soon. I don't think Mayor Adams is going to change the rules anytime soon. And at this point, I don't think the Nets are going to just simply allow him to play road games. Can this change In a month or two? Yeah, I guess. But right now, it just feels like posturing on the side of everybody. Like, I think Kyrie's posturing, hoping maybe he puts pressure on the Nets to allow him to play road games. I think the Nets are posturing to try to increase his trade value just to see what's out there. And, look, I I want Kyrie Irving back. I think we all do. Obviously. I don't know how you couldn't want Kyrie Irving back. But I think that every story that comes out, There's a motivation behind it, and it doesn't mean he's a day away from getting vaxxed or he's a day away from the Nets announcing, yeah, you're good for road games. Look, I don't think Kyrie Irving's getting vaccinated. I don't think the Nets are going to allow him to play road games. I don't think they want to trade him at this moment. So despite all the words that have been written, I don't think anything's changed. And so I try not to get my hopes up on every story that comes out about Kyrie. Do I stand by the fact that I don't think we're winning a title without him? Yeah. If James Harden's going to be the James Harden we've watched through the first 27, 28 games, yeah, I I don't think they're going to win. But it's December. And I think that right now our emotions are being used for a game, a game of posturing. Look, I hope Kyrie Irving gets vaccinated. Because he plays basketball for our team. That's the only reason I care at this point. But I can't get into it. I I think uh, Keith said this. Keith McPherson, who does a great job doing nights for us. It's great to have another Net fan on the radio station. Keith has been saying, and I think it's a great point, Kyrie for clicks. Kind of like how Nick fans for years have said it's Knicks for clicks. Just attach the Knicks to a story. And, you know, we'll just put it out there because we know we're going to get clicks. Kyrie Irving has become that. And so sometimes you just wonder, what's the motivation? Anyhow, great victory, great win. I'm sitting in traffic on the Grand Central. Thanks for listening to this drive-home edition of the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast.